want to honor our uh, elder team, Barry and Dave and Brandon. Uh, these uh, just incredible brothers are continuing to uh, work with us and labor with us as we're uh, in this. Many of you have heard this 60-day window of time that we believe that we're in where God is after a harvest. He's after empowering the church. There were more people in the sanctuary last night than we've ever had since we've opened. And um, people from all over the United States are continuing to come and drink uh, from the river that God is pouring out here. In fact, how many uh, of you have stayed over or are here from other places? Wave at us. Can we welcome these folks who are all throughout the, the sanctuary? Thank you so much for being with us here at Heart of the Father. We met yesterday. I met with the elders. And, you know, it's a, it's a great thing when, when you can work uh, locally and extra locally. Amen. When men can get together and labor, making sure that the local church is getting taken care of. But also if God wants to do something and gather people, we're willing to do that too. And so I just want to again honor Dave and Barry and Brandon for your grace, for your partnership and for your friendship. It's going to have been a great blessing to my family and I. Um, also wanted to send greetings from Winter Haven. Uh, on one Sunday when you don't see me here, I'm always with our Winter Haven family. They always ask me to please greet you. And I was over there on Easter Sunday. Uh, I think we were practicing maybe a six-inch rule. Uh, they literally just packed them in like sardines. And we just went wild over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And uh, just a joy. They send their greetings and their blessings. Um, also just wanted to mention we have um, just completed, um, in terms of finals, um, our uh, last semester at Maranatha School of Ministry and just wanted to give God glory for His grace and His strength. Um, the students have been working uh, really hard and now we get to grade their papers and their tests this week. So uh, I know they owe me their papers at 10 a.m. by Monday, not 10.01, 9.59 if you're here, 10 o'clock. And um, going to be grading and um, graduation was scheduled for this coming Friday at 7 p.m. And because of the extended services, we've moved it to Saturday at 2 p.m. And so if you're here and you want to join us as a fellowship, we'd love to have you come. It'll be in the Maranatha Chapel uh, next door at 2 p.m. as we celebrate our uh, graduates. All right. Is that good? How many of you are hungry for God? In March, I attempted to preach a message on transition, and I don't even know what I said for an hour, but that didn't happen. And so, um, as I've been praying this week, you know, Father, uh, how, how can I, I just continue to navigate what, what you want to say to our family here at Heart of the Father? I wanted to try to get back there today. I know that transition is something that we'll all face in one season or the next. So many different transitions that can happen in life. And one of the things that I've realized, and I really would put them in this order, is that how we navigate transition primarily is through a relationship with Jesus Christ and getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, I believe that the Holy Spirit is our personal GPS. He's our navigating system. Jesus said in the book of John that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the things to come. And so I would, I would put a big no on seeking out prophets uh, intentionally for a word from the Lord over the Holy Spirit. And it might seem sort of awkward saying that since most people recognize me as a prophet or maybe we've been hosting prophets uh, the last couple of weeks. But I want to tell you that the blood of Jesus, it's, it's a violation of the New Testament to intentionally seek out prophets for a word from your li- for your life. I believe that the blood of Jesus has connected us. There's only one mediator between God and man. His name is Jesus Christ. Well, brother, why don't, why don't we hear this very often? Well, it will put a lot of prophets out of business. You're actually telling them to go to God instead of you. So what is the role of prophets then? Well, I believe primarily it's to confirm what God has already spoken to you. So when we talk about transition and we talk about, I've just, I, I have personally witnessed and been pulled into so many disaster stories where people did not have a devotional life. They did not know the person of the Holy Spirit And then they went to a meeting or tried to get something from a prophet that ended up shipwrecking their life. And so I just kind of want to take my stand as an intro to this message on transition. Please consider what I'm telling you to align yourself with the person of God, to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit And if you get a prophetic word from a prophet, praise God, but you don't really need one. I used to try to encourage the people that would email us. I would, you know, preach in churches and prophesy to different people. And they would email us when I actually used to have time to look at emails. And, you know, they would boo-hoo and you didn't stand me up and you didn't give me a word. And I would say, that's okay. You should just feel bad for the people that needed a word. You must be right with God. It's a joke. <laughs> but don't, don't ever be offended. Don't, don't ever be hurt with God because you didn't get a word. You got the Holy Spirit. That's, that's way better. All right, half of you. And then secondly, we got the Holy Spirit. We got our relationship with Jesus. And then we have the eternal written word of God that is our sure foundation. Right? Again, I know we could debate, is it Jesus first or the Bible? Yes and amen, okay? I just chose to put Jesus and Holy Spirit first. But the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. A lot of people ask me, how did you start out in the prophetic? I said, well, I read my Bible. And I would read my Bible and then God would just bring people to my memory and I would text them the scripture and they would say, how did you know that? I appreciate Brother Tracy Cook and all the addresses and all the, the names and all of that is valid and it wakes us up to God is real. 
But I believe far more people in the body of Christ need less of a word of knowledge and more of the eternal word of God. Some of us, we, you know, you need an address called like chapter this and verse this. Get anchored in that. That will last a lot longer than being wowed about your address, okay? But again, I love Tracy. We had him here. Amen. All of that is valid and true. But I'm really after a generation who's rooted and grounded in the Word of God, who's developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit, so that then when the gifts and the prophecy begin to flow, we have a good foundation so that we know how to discern. Because that's the problem. If you don't know the Word and you don't know the, the Word, Jesus... And then you start letting the gifts and prophecy flow. You won't know how to distinguish what's God and what's not. And so finally, I'll just say I've never worried about somebody laying hands on me or giving me a wacky prophetic word because I read my Bible and I know Holy Spirit. So I'm not worried about any wacko laying hands on me or somebody giving me a false prophecy because I know the Word of God and I know the person of God. So if it violates his character, if it violates his word, throw it in the trash. Doesn't matter how famous they are. I don't know if that was an intro or a rant, but... Okay, so Holy Spirit help us. We're going to talk about transition, whether you're facing one now, you've been one in the past, you're going to face one in the future, transition will come to all of us, let's make sure we're in the Word of God. Let's make sure that we know the person of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the prophet to the body. The gift of the, the prophet to the body, I believe, is that they help us to understand the times and seasons in which we live in. I would always tell people, know the Word of God. I would always tell people, know Jesus, but I would also highly recommend that you're connected to real prophets. Because when you're connected to real prophets that are operating in the grace and the gift that God has given them, they can be a great blessing helping us to navigate through seasons of transition. If they're hooked up, like their grace can allow them to, they can be a great blessing helping us to understand the times and seasons in which we're living. So that's what I hope to do for us today. Father, thank you for your word, Lord, as we, Lord, navigate through transition, whether it's here or now in the past. God, bring grace, bring truth. In Jesus' name, amen. The scriptures are pregnant with prophecy and the promises of God. From Genesis through the book of Revelation, the words and heart of God have been released to us throughout the course of history. However, it is clear that most personal and corporate prophecy is not self-fulfilling. In other words... Just because a nation or a person has received a prophecy does not mean that it will come to pass without tremendous partnership or sacrifice involved. 
In fact, I believe the bigger the word of destiny, the more it will challenge your character. I actually believe that if we had a right understanding of how prophecy really works, we would rather a small word than a large word. Well, brother, I want the anointing of A.A. Allen or I want the anointing of Todd White or some famous leader in the body of Christ. Well, if that's really what the Lord has for you, the next season is going to be called the wilderness. Because that word is going to be tested. A lot of people, they come to a meeting hoping for a great prophetic word and think they're going to wake up the next day and it's going to happen. You know, don't forget about guys like David, who Samuel shows up on the scene, anoints him king over Israel, and it's almost like he left out part of the prophecy. I want to teach a little bit today. You know, we, we go to meetings and the prophet or whoever gives a word and then stu stuff starts happening in your life and you go back to the recording and think they didn't include that in there. Imagine how ripped off David felt, king over Israel, and Samuel left out the 13-year period being chased by a demonized leader named Saul. Sure, he was like, Click, you will be king over Israel. Click, you will be king over... He's like, where's Saul? Where's the demons? Where's the caves? Where's the jealousy? Where's the... It wasn't included in there. So when we receive a promise from God at a meeting, in private reading the Word of God, know that what comes after the promise is process. God is looking for a people that are willing to endure a process which produces character which we will need when that word comes to pass. It's a scary thing when we don't want to submit to the process and we just want fulfillment because for whatever reason, if we get there refusing to submit to the process, you won't enjoy fulfillment very long because the Word will take you where your character can't keep you. Okay, how we doing? I'm saying dream big and be all you, you can be. And the Michael Jordan, anything you can do, I can do better. Anything you can do, I can do too. Okay, I want to empower a generation to dream and believe and receive all that God has for you. But recognize it appears that there are very few in this generation who want to submit to any kind of process that is primarily aimed toward character development, not health, wealth, and prosperity. And that's why it's very rare when you actually see someone walking in a legitimate anointing that has character to back it up. If you meet that man or woman, ask them about the process. It always drives me crazy when you sit on these panels and then, you know, the body of Christ asks you questions 
and all the questions are about like the stages and the books and the whatever. I'm like, why doesn't somebody stand up and say, hey, could you tell me about all the hell you've been through? I mean, so-and-so, I really appreciate the ministry or the books or whatever, but can you kind of describe the price you paid for that? Because I guarantee you the prayer and prophecy lines would be shorter. You actually wouldn't want them to lay hands on you. You would run away from them. This is good preaching. Let me give you some examples. I'm really just kidding. I know some of you don't know me. hope that didn't come off the wrong way. In Exodus 3.8, God gives Moses a prophetic promise for the nation of Israel and says, So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a land flowing with milk and honey. How many of you think that's a pretty great prophetic word? God speaks to Moses. wants you to go down to the people. I've heard their cries. I once said when the groans of the prisoners meet the cries of the deliverers, revival will break out. When the groans of the prisoners meet the cries of the deliverers, revival breaks out. What if so many in the earth are groaning under the weight of their sin, but God is yet to hear the cries of the deliverers in the earth? Bring them up from that land to a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's where I believe we make a mistake. It says, from that land to a land flowing with milk and honey. Immediately what happens is we think that land, we think that land in Egypt where they lived wasn't a good land. But if you study it and you understand what we fail to realize is the land in Egypt next to the Nile River was a bountiful, it was full of vegetation. When you think about it in your mind, I want you to think of green everywhere. I want you to think of crops everywhere. I mean, I want you to think like you're at the Golden Corral, at the, the buffet at Golden Corral, okay? I know that would make my wife vomit, but I mean, you're just, there, there's lots of things everywhere, okay? You with me? Okay, and I've said this before, there's, the, the word promise land is not found in the scriptures, okay? You can read it in your Bible, but it is a phrase, promise land, that commentators came up with to try to describe the land that God was sending the people. So if we read it right, now think of God is taking them from, Israel, uh, from Egypt. Yes, they were oppressed. Yes, they were in slavery. But they've got a lot of things there. And the prophetic word of the Lord is, I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. But the land flowing with milk and honey, 
never flowed with milk and honey unless they were obedient. Okay, I'm not lying. I'll read it. Deuteronomy 11. Listen to this. For the land in which you are entering to possess it is not like the land of Egypt from which you came, where you used to sow your seed and water it with your feet like a vegetable garden. That, that, that's how good the soil was in Egypt. You could literally plant crops with your toes. But the land in which you are about to cross to possess it, a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it, from the beginning even to the end of the year. It shall come about... All right, here's the big, hope I'm tall enough, Brandon. Right here. Nobody likes this anymore. I got the word, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I receive it, I claim it by faith, hallelujah. Tomorrow it's coming to pass. This kind of stuff just blows up the health, wealth, and prosperity message. It's quiet in here. Brother, I just like want the word that's like microwavable. I want my destiny. I want just popping in the micro, you know. I want, I want a beautiful Christian girl on fire for God. I'd like to marry her. I'll just keep playing video games and being a slob, leaving my apartment trashed. But I, I'm just waiting for that beautiful woman of God to show up. I'm just ready. I'm called to the ministry. But really, I love mammon more. And I'm just going to keep holding on to my job, my six figures a year. And Lord, I'll never say yes unless you can match that dollar amount. I give you 15 different examples. It says if. So what we're talking about is what's called if then. There are some covenants in the Scripture that God will do it no matter what. He swore by His own name. But then there are many other covenants where God says, If you do this, then I will do that. So this, this whole guaranteed, you know, my, all of these things, I, I don't want to... My goal here is, is not to put fear inside of you concerning your destiny. My goal here is help, helping us to understand that we have a Father in Heaven who's interested in partnership rather than free handouts. You only give free handouts to spoiled brats. I mean, as a dad, I want my kids to have to work for it. I'm not just going to hand them free money. 
Why? Because I'm instilling a system inside of them called entitlement where they just inherently believe they're deserving of something without a cost. And really, we just set them up. I don't know why I'm talking about this. We just set them up for a false gospel. Where if I'm at the center and I come to Christ, baby, you ain't at the center. He is. Well, brother, you're not blessed unless you're rich. You're not blessed unless you've got all these followers. Listen, I mean, how how is money and how is prosperity how how is that a measure of success when that's about the only thing that the devil offered people that, that's why I, I don't buy into that the devil never mind it just we're, we're never gonna get through transition my first point I've got set I got seven of them. God help me. I just, I want to see a people get through the process and transition into their destiny. But there's so many of these mindsets that we have where we're, we're reading our Bible, we're talking to God, we're in the prophet's line, and whatever kind of land we're in, We're just thinking, all right, in Jesus' name, I'm going to get something bigger, something better, something more luxurious. And God is saying here, there is a land, there is a destiny, there is a promise, but it's contingent upon your obedience. Your partnership. If you listen obediently to my commands, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your heart and all your soul, that then He will give the rain for your land in its season, the early and the late rain, that you may gather in your grain and your new wine and your oil. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six. See, I am setting... Before you today, a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord. Listen, one of the things that God has taught me in the prophetic is the reason why God doesn't speak to a lot of people is because they ain't ready. Maybe the hardest word to hear when you think you're ready, he says you ain't ready. What if our character ain't ready? I'm talking Southern. What if our character ain't ready for where God wants to take us? What if God releasing destiny to you today, rather than being a blessing to you, would actually become a curse? See, because when you get hit with the real word of the Lord, it initiates a process. 
Years ago, I prophesied to a man in a meeting. I got his name. The Lord showed me a large business. He was going to become a multi-millionaire. I mean, tremendous. I mean, it was probably like the greatest prosperity word bear I ever gave. I mean, I could have preached with the best of them. Just came on me. He called the office five days later and said, you're a false prophet. My company just went bankrupt. Now listen to what I've been teaching you today by the Word of God. I said, brother, I actually believe now after what you've told me that that was the Word of the Lord. I measure prophetic accuracy by how much warfare follows it. I I said, I'm now convinced that is the word of the Lord because now it's getting tested. Now God is going to strip you down and humble you and really see where your heart's at. Can you really steward those millions? No, but we just want the word of the Lord in that week. Money from heaven. Money cometh. Whatever. I just believe God is looking to entrust himself and his kingdom And his possessions to a people who are willing to say yes to the process. Yes to the mundane. Yes to being obedient even when it hurts and no one is watching. Yes to staying married, not because I feel it, but because I made a covenant. We need some wherewithal. We need to, I, I just feel like, especially in the up and coming generations, I hate when people preach new school because I think we need old school. Like, like I miss when people got the word of the Lord and they didn't leave the altars until it was done. Like, I, I, I want to see a generation for years. Hold fast to what God has said, believing for their Isaac, and stop settling for an Ishmael. I just, I'm going to say it again. It's so rare to find people who are operating in an Isaac anointing. And when you on occasion meet those who do or that church that does or that nation or that business, no, they said yes to the process. Nothing in life ever worth having comes cheaply. I've been trying to teach our Maranatha students, you sow where you want to go. Oh, brother, I'm called to be an apostle. Great, go find one and serve them. Well, I'm called to finance the kingdom of God. Great, go find someone who does and shut up. But when you preach process and you preach obedience... What happens in this generation is what we just call the orphan activates. Oh, God doesn't love me. 
I mean, I, wa- I watch it worldwide. Well, bro, I want, a, I want a spiritual father. No, you don't. You want a sugar daddy. You know what real spiritual fathers do? They hit the brakes. No, no, no. You, you don't, you don't, you, we're looking for someone to affirm our zeal and our dreams. And, and they'll probably do that in some capacity. But if they're a real father, they're going to ask you 16 questions about your dream. And they're going to point out, maybe that's not a dream. Maybe that's your selfish ambition talking. Well, brother, God told you to marry her. And then her, and then her, and then her. Brother, maybe you're not hearing the voice of God. There's so much foolishness. And again, I, I have a burden today. I wish I would, you know, could laugh a little bit more, but... I have a burden because this stuff messes up people for life. I mean, literally, this is serious. It messes them up. They get disillusioned with God. I'm like, you, you were never taught the real God, though. I'm burned out on church. I'm like, yeah, because you never tried Christ. Oh, brother, I got a prophetic word and it didn't come to pass. Yeah, because you haven't obeyed yet. I had this one guy just chase me all around. I normally just try to run from people because I, I, I love the truth, but I, I hate telling it. <laughs> hey, man, this guy, I have, the, I have the mantle of Billy Graham. You know, he went to all these meetings and, man, I, I, want, I want to be mentored by him. And I, I gave him every excuse. Finally got to meet with him. And again, he, he wanted to bring me the word. I said, brother, I, you know, and again, I offended him right off the bat. I said, I don't even care about the prophecy. I don't even care about what word was spoken over your life. I said, I need two things. I need a calendar of what you do, and I need to see your bank statements. I need to see how you spend your money, because that will tell me where your heart is. And I need to see your calendar so that I can see your character. I've got a prophetic word for you. Your character, excuse me, your calendar reveals your character. What have you got scheduled? You got any prayer time on that calendar? You got any exercise time on that calendar? What's on the calendar will reveal the kind of character that you keep. What are we even talking about today? <laughs> keep trying to preach on transition. We're just floating around. And is anybody getting anything out of this? Help us, Father. We know that you're a good Father. Uproot, God.
tear down, overthrow, destroy any kind of mindset, delusion of grandeur, vain imagination. God, before we can build and plant, God, we got to hit delete and, and get rid of so much trash and garbage. Lord, I just continue to pray coming out of this quarantine time, Lord, that we would worship the real Jesus in spirit and in truth. God, we keep singing about holiness. Lord, let it be more than a song. Let it be the way that we act and live, God. In Jesus' name. Okay, real quick, I want to get through these. Seven keys to navigate transition. If you're taking notes or write it down, I think I can get through in maybe 10, 15 minutes if you just bear with me. I'm going to give you seven keys to transition. Maybe it will apply to something in the past. Maybe it'll apply to something now or in the future. But it's really out of the, the Israelites' journey through the wilderness to the promised land that much of what I speak and I point out today, it's so go back and read Exodus, go back and read Numbers. Those are two great passages to notice transition. Number one, keys to navigate. Number one, cast out perverted thoughts. That's really what we just did. Exodus 16.3 So they come out of Egypt, and this is what they say. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out here into this desert to starve us to death. There's a perverted kind of slavery that's hard to relinquish. Even though they were free, many Israelites longed to go back to Egypt. They desired the oppression of the former season over walking in the freedom that the current season provided them, which required faith. When God transitions you the way you once thought, will not work in the days ahead. I want to encourage you, when God releases a transition, and you're entering, and again, a new job, yet you had a kid, I mean, just so many different things that I can think of, of what kind of transition, but one man once said, renewed minds must accompany renewal. In other words, the way that they thought in the old season was not the way that they should think in the new season. In other words, a lot of us, for example, we struggle with what I call a poverty mindset. It's, it's, believe, it's having meagerless possi- meager possibilities. If you have that kind of mindset, I want to hit delete on thinking I'm never going to have enough And as God gives you that promotion, you don't want to hoard the resources that God has given you. You want to be a blessing. This is always my fear for young ladies or older women who struggle to get pregnant. Because they waited so long on the promise that what ends up happening is that gift becomes their God. 
the longer you have to wait on something, the more likely when you get it, you're going to turn it into an idol. I'm speaking to somebody today. The more you're going to turn it into an idol rather than release it to the Lord. So if I grew up in poverty and never had anything, and God takes me through the process and entrusts me with wealth, the tendency is to have that same poverty mindset that I had when I had nothing and I'm never going to release my finances and trust the Lord. So the way that you once thought cannot be the way that you think any longer. So I want to encourage us and transition to renew our minds. God, help me to think rightly in this season. And one more thing that I learned in a, a transitional season in my life. There's a big difference between questioning God and asking God questions. There's a big difference between asking God questions and questioning God. In other words, indicting His character and nature. God, you don't know what you're doing. All of that is off sides and is going to handicap you and stunt you from getting into your destiny. Literally telling the Lord, you brought us out here to die. Rather than no, Lord, we said yes. We want to obey you. We're in the hurt and we're in the struggle. But God, I know you're good. I know that you're a loving father, that you have my best interest in mind. Father, take me by the hand. Would you help me if there are mindsets? Where, where's Nick Selm? What a tremendous word that Tracy Cook gave you, brother. In other words, the key to your destiny is you getting out of the way. I point you out today because I've received a very similar word as a younger man. Hey, buddy, the only thing that's blocking your destiny is you. That's a loving father. Is it the devil? Is it this person? And the Lord says, I bind the spirit of, no, you said, I bind the spirit of Jeremiah. I bind the spirit of Nick. <laughs> Lord, and I guarantee you, bro, it, it has to do with a mindset. Lord's trying to transition you from Maranatha graduation into your destiny. And the Lord is saying, Nick, can I get a change of mindset? The way that you once thought probably isn't good going forward. One man once said the last seven words of every dying church is, we've never been this way before. Was that seven? <laughs> we have never. See, all right. Boom. Bam. We've never been. Take it easy, man. All right, number two. Is this helping anybody? Yes. Seek counsel from mature leaders and people. Listen, when you say yes to the Lord and you begin a process and you begin a transition, oftentimes it's lonely. 
Oftentimes you're going to be in a place where you feel unsettled because you've never been that way before. And here's where I want to go this morning too. Transition is painful. It hurts. Brother, what are you talking about? The Lord says move there. What are you talking about? The Lord says another child. What are you talking about? The Lord says go get another job. Who's been through a painful transition? Probably if you have some years on you, you're like, buddy, one, how about 50 million? (laughs) When you're struggling with the pain of transition, you have got to find healthy voices in your life that will speak to your pain Talk you through your process and get you into your purpose. I want you to listen to me. When you're in the pain of transition and God has declared a new thing, a new direction, He's bringing addition and multiplication, and you're in that unsettled state and it's painful, look for people. And this is what fathers and mothers do so well. They speak to the pain of a generation and say, You're simply going through a process. And if you say yes to your process you will find your purpose in life but I believe and I'm speaking by the word of the Lord now I believe oftentimes in seasons of transition Jezebel comes and this is where I believe as a prophet of the Lord I want to help us to understand the times and the seasons. Because the cobra loves to strike the heel when God has decreed a new way. And everything is fine and everything is great. And then when a transition happens, bam! And you've got pain in your heart about what the Lord has said and where you're supposed to go. And that Jezebel, rather than speaking to your pain, that it's a process into your purpose, that Jezebel spirit, when it starts to counsel you and talk to you, it will make your pain your prison. It will inject bitterness. It will inject unforgiveness. It will stir up all the things that are not of God inside of you. See, because when you have healthy and mature leaders in your life, even in transition when people hurt you, they will tell you to forgive them. But someone operating in a Jezebel spirit will tell you, you better hold every offense. You better make a list. You better ready to fire accusation and slander. And here's what happens. They take both of them out. The person transitioning gets taken out and never gets to destiny. And that person who the devil used never finds their destiny. Telling you when you're in pain, 
and voices are speaking to you and your pain's turning into a prison and you feel that anger and that bitterness and that rage and that, that ain't God. Father, help, it, it, help us to transition. It's just, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible this thing comes in and transition. Everything's fine. And God says to transition and then, bam, could be your mother-in-law. Could be your wife. Could be your husband. Could be your boss. Who are you calling on the phone? Who are you text messaging? God sees it all. Who are you talking about behind their back? What kind of coven are you trying to gather to make a, a judgment against someone? You better be careful. You're going to sabotage your own destiny. Lord, I just pray for grace. To, to destroy all gossip and all slander. Lord, we bind the spirit of Jezebel even in this house, Lord. I pray for the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords to make himself known in this place and in, in our lives in Jesus' name. Number three, recognize your need for endurance. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let the word talk here. Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what has been promised. I can't say it better than that. Number four, don't settle for Ishmael's. Many people don't realize that God blessed Ishmael in the Scriptures. Genesis 17, 20, as for you, Ishmael, I have heard you, and behold, I will bless you. How many people settle for less than what God has promised because they stop at the blessing and never enter into covenant? God blessed Ishmael, but only to Isaac did he make a covenant with? Don't mistake the blessing of God for covenant. It's like you're on the freeway and you're going and it's like the, your destiny is six exits up. And those exits before are just start speaking to, well, you could settle for this. Well, you could settle for that. I feel an anointing in this room today for people that are not married. God is saying, do not settle for an Ishmael. You've got to hold out for your Isaac. And what's going to happen? Man, I just, I'm trying to end, but I just feel the anointing. Yeah, we have no place to go. <laughs> if you think that you're ready and there's not anything open, just keep making yourself ready. Well, brother, I believe I'm called to preach. And I've studied and I've prayed and... There's still no doors open. 
Keep studying. Keep praying. Keep working on your... Don't start calling people. Hey, can I get a, can I get a meeting? Hey, can I... Once you self-promote in the flesh, it requires the flesh to keep it going. You want to be promoted by the Spirit of God so that when He opens up that door, it's the Spirit of God that's leading you. You want the Spirit of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to bring that right person to you. Don't go chasing after all the... Listen, just pursue God with all that you have and just find somebody that's running just as fast as you are. Don't look back. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to somebody, don't you look back. That relationship has already passed. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you here, God. Come and work on your vessels of glory, God. Come and have your way in us, God. We don't want to miss it. Father, we want your good and your perfect will in our lives. We don't want to settle for anything less than the best. Love what Vanilla I said. Anything less than the best is a felony. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to start rapping either. There's too many people watching now. The Lord is saying to someone here, Then in a, in, a, in a future season of promotion, when you begin to get an audience with people, when people begin to recognize you and begin to honor what you have, the wisdom of man would tell you to hit accelerate. But the Spirit of God would tell you today it's actually then time to go in hiding. For if you allow the applause of people to take you where your character can't keep you, I will never have my way in your life. The kingdom of God is a strange thing. He'll bless you, he'll give you favor, and then he'll pull back. And if we're not careful, we just think, oh yeah, I'll just keep running, just keep doing. The Lord's saying, Come back here. That was good. I, wanna, I got some more I want to work on. See, we, we, stay, we stay anchored to God in the secret place out of humility, knowing there's always something that he wants to work on. Not because we're little orphans and he doesn't love us. It's just, Papa, Father, thank you that you have my best interest in mind. God, I really don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing, but you do. So in a season of promotion and favor, if you want to hide me again, hallelujah. How are we doing? Number five, embrace the criticism and misunderstanding. 
Transition can be plain messy. Somebody shout amen. When you hear the Holy Spirit say transition, it's time to go. But let me encourage you, expect those closest to you to fight the hardest. But I'm going to give you a word of wisdom. <laughs> My dad Joe's here today. We call him Pops. I've always been a dreamer, a wild kind of dude, going to the nations and going to this stuff and I'd come to my dad and say, I've, I've had a dream, I'm going. And he said, yeah, you need to get a job and get a W-2. I mean, honestly, the Lord gifted me with a dad who would literally speak the opposite language, tick me off, keep me in check, and help to oversee my destiny. But oftentimes when people don't want to see you go well, I pray this heals somebody today really what they're saying is I love you I love you I care about you I'm concerned for you I'll fight you tooth and nail don't go don't go is it God is it not what about this what about that but hear their heart, I love you. It will help you to process the pain and the frustration and the awkwardness of transition when we recognize they care. Mom is kind of flying off the handle and Pops is saying, what about this and what, what in the world are you doing? Thank you, Father. Man, transition's painful. You know, you'll never fulfill the will of God for your life without hurting someone. That's why, I mean, I love the people pleasers, but just want everybody to be happy. I just want everybody to love me. You'll probably never fulfill the will of God for your life. The truth is you'll probably never follow the way of the cross if that's your anthem. God knows our hearts. I'm not saying be cruel, be mean. Father, I just want to get to that place where I would rather follow you in your heart. Sometimes you just need a break. Sometimes when you're in transition and there's tension and things, sometimes you just, you need a break. You need some space. You need to go to that prayer closet rather than the war room. You know, can we get to that place of maturity where we're like, I feel the flesh coming in. I really don't think anything I'm about to say is going to be godly. So can we just take a pause for a minute? I mean, how many marriages could have been saved if this was the thought process? I had a woman come down to an altar one time. So they do this sometimes. Like, they bring their husbands to me because they want me to rebuke them. It's really weird. And oftentimes the woman's a Jezebel. So I end up rebuking them. 
Woman brings up her poor husband. I mean, he's emasculated. He's ashamed. Brother, pray for us. I'm like, yeah, I'll pray for you. I began to prophesy, and I said, you know what your problem is? And I'm whispering. I'm not on a microphone. I said, ma'am, you know what your problem is? I said, you keep putting pressure on your husband when God wants you to put pressure on him. I said, there's a trust issue here. You don't trust in God's ability to work on your husband so you think you can do it for him. How's that working out for you? Talking to somebody today. Number six, don't waste time trying to negotiate with God. (laughs) Oh, I just laugh because I've tried. Anybody, you know, great negotiator? Lord, I mean, this is looking good. And, you know, have you checked out this? I mean, I know you're really busy up there with all the folks. So I've been investigating and I've been kind of working some deals that I'd like to present to you. I mean, am I the only one? I mean, come on. You know, Lord, would you consider this? And So again, God gives them this word. A land flowing with milk and honey, a promised land. And they send 12 spies in. But again, I want to point out to you their error. The error that those 12 spies, or I should say 10, made... That what separated the ten who gave the bad report, if you want it, Numbers 13, 32. Those who gave the bad report versus Caleb and Joshua, here's what separated them. The ten spies went in deciding if they were going in. Joshua and Caleb went in there deciding when they were going in. No, those two brothers who ended up inheriting what God had promised, God said it and that's enough. Did God speak to you or not? Did he encounter you or not? And for some of us, we've got to wrestle over this. We can't even get into transition because we're unsure if he really said it. But when you get it down in your spirit and God drops his word inside of you and you begin this process of transition and God begins to give you a look, he begins to give you a view, remember, if he said it, that's enough. Don't be throwing out fleeces and don't be negotiating and God, I need 68. I mean, I talk to people, I'm like, You're blind. You don't need another word. You don't need another... Dr. P had 68 confirmations and they still need 28 more. Did God say it or did He not? Do we trust the Father or do we not? And again, I'm in closing. Don't be surprised if what you thought it looked like, it doesn't look like. Because I want to close again on this whole thing. 
of the Lord. He called you and you say yes. Yeah, but Lord, the, the prophetic word that you had over me was a stadium. And I've come to preach tonight and there are five people. If you don't understand process, you'll never show up. Like God releases a word to a church. I'm going to send my spirit. And no one wants to pray. You don't think before an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to tarry in some of the most boring, unanointed prayer meetings you've ever seen? What drives me crazy about people? Well, it was really stale in there today. Did you put in your supply, sir? Oh, the worship was terrible. Did you volunteer? A church has a process to get to where God wants them. A family has a process. A nation has a process. Let's understand the process. And then seven, guard your emotions carefully. How many of you know that God is a God of the emotions? It's okay to feel. I've confessed this before and I'll confess it to you again. One of Jeremiah's Achilles heels is I've been numb in a lot of seasons. I've been the pioneering guy on the front lines where the bullets are flying and the bombs are going off. And over time, you become desensitized to the pain of people. Another death, another sickness, another disease. I felt like I was excelling in ministry and I was getting an F. I remember having a dream where I got an F on a report card. And I woke up and said, I never got an F in my life in school. The Lord says, yeah, you're getting one right now. He said, you're out of touch with your emotions. You're just Mr. Lead on, and you fail to recognize how the people around you are doing. And the Lord sent a homeless man into my life in that season named Jimmy. Some of you might remember him. He lived in his car. I mean, I prom God's my witness and I'm almost embarrassed to say it, that was more about me than him. I mean, yeah, we blessed him and we took care of him, but the Lord used a poor, broken, homeless man to awaken emotions back inside of me that there is a hurting, there is a dying, there is a starving world that it's not okay to walk by. But, you know, your emotions in seasons of transition. And I just, again, if that helped anybody, it's okay to feel. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have emotions. It's, it's okay to, to tune in. <laughs> Brandon, I don't, I don't think Al would care. But, you know, Allison, Brandon's wife, was one of our first hires at Heart of the Father. 
And I grew up with all brothers, okay, like four boys. We punched, we wrestled, we fought. I mean, you know, bodies hit the floor. So like, you know, Allison, our dear sister, she enters the ministry, and I don't know what to do, Dave. Women. Like emotional ones. Like, I don't know what to do. I just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I, I don't know. And Al, she's leading worship. And this is before they were married. I mean, such a sweet, dear heart, a feeler, a burden bearer. And she's come into the office and she's crying. And the only thing I've got to tell her is, well, sister, take it to the cross. Oh, God. And again, that, that ain't a spiritual answer. That was someone out of touch with their emotions. Sometimes we just give the, ah, you know, we want to, you know, be hard and preach. It's like, dude, that's just someone out of touch. Thank God. I, I still often I repent to Al. She laughs. I'm like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. In those early years, take it to the cross. God is a God of the emotions. He wants us to feel. But in seasons of transition, we are not led by our emotions. We are led by the Word of God. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. One of my greatest... Who's been coming to some of these Awake America gatherings? I ask that just simply because of this. One of my concerns in even having some of these meetings is this. How much of this is hype and emotionalism versus actually the Holy Spirit moving? Because again, I, folks, I've traveled the world. I've preached to 10,000, 50,000. I've preached to five. But I've been in environments and I'm like, I'm not really sure that this is more than just people getting hyped. But is there change? Is there transformation? Are we, well, I didn't get a prophetic word. No, you don't need one. You got this. When we get to that place in the body, will I believe we're no longer thrown here and there by our emotions. I think it's good in closing. It's my third one, I think. (laughs) To be self-aware of the season you're in. Again, I just think sometimes, I I call it in my terminology, because I I oftentimes see myself as a a, a warrior, a a knight, if you will. You got to know when you get hit between the armor. In other words, there's a certain realm of warfare that you can take. But in transition, if you get one under the belt in the, in the, and you know you got hit, you've got to take a step back and say, man down. 
man down. I'm, I'm hurt right now. I'm wounded. I know anything that I say to you won't be productive and beneficial for our relationship. So I'm just going to ask you for some time. Saints, this is healthy. This is healthy for you. I don't believe that the Lord just wants people to pull out their swords and just start swinging. I'm, I'm hurt. I've been hit. I need a second. I need a few days. Give me an opportunity to get with the Lord and then let's re-engage. Mom doesn't like it. Dad doesn't like it. Mentor doesn't like it. I've, I've been hurt. I, I've taken a... Because I don't want to be guided by my emotions. I don't want to make major decisions in my life just because I didn't like it there. I trust that if God sent you to this church, He'll send you somewhere else. I trust that if God sent you to here, He'll send you somewhere else. But just don't get in your emotions and start making decisions. Oftentimes I've found any Hasty decisions you have to make in life are unwise. When you feel force and pressure to make a decision, I, I don't know. I've been counseled by too many fathers that said sleep on it. Do not pull that trigger yet. Give it a few days before you make that decision. Will you bow your heads with me? Thank you for... Your time today. Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for the times and the seasons in the earth. Thank you that you know every journey here, Lord. Personally, marriage, family. Thank you for heart of the Father. God, I just ask for healing. It's what I feel led to pray. God, I, I ask for healing for all of us that have been wounded and hurt in seasons of transition. God, I ask that you would bring reconciliation. Bridges that were burned, I ask that you would build them again. God, I feel led to pray that you'd expose the works of the devil. If there's anyone under the influence of a Jezebel, a manipulating, controlling, a gossiping, slandering spirit, God, I ask that you would expose it and give us grace to deal with it. I feel like the Lord just wants me to make a decree. Which is different than a prayer. But I just decree in your house. And in this house at heart of the Father peace. Peace. Peace be still. 
I just hear God saying over many and even this house, if you will be still, if you will receive my peace, you will see my hands at work, not only in this season, but in the next. Wisdom comes in the waiting. There are some of you that have been crying out for wisdom. You want to be a man or woman of wisdom. God says that wisdom, the wisdom from above, comes from waiting and sitting in my counsel. The hasty will never receive my wisdom for their hands are too quick their feet are too fast God make us a people of wisdom Haley will you stand real quick I feel that the Lord is saying over you that you are entering into a season of transition this summer where God's voice is going to become louder my voice is going to be louder than all the other voices. My hug is going to be bigger than all the other hugs that anyone could ever give you. My love will be greater than all the other love you could ever chase after. And just take authority over your mind. Spirit of truth, would you come break every lie? Any deception, any deceiving spirits, we command them to go. We just ask that your mind would be flooded with light, a daughter of light. Mick, would you step out and Sonia? <laughs> Let's stretch out our hands toward these young'uns. Mick, even now, God says, I'm desiring to give you my heart. 
For there is an inheritance for you called the Father's heart. And there is no mistake that you have attended and now you are participating as a staff member at heart of the Father. And the Lord says that you've been in spiritual warfare and have not recognized it. But I point out to you by the word of the Lord the time and season in which you're living. For it's more than depression. It's a spirit of heaviness that is upon you. Let's pray for our brother. Let's, let's pray him through because he's going to get his breakthrough today. We expose the lies of the devil. The deceiver that says you don't belong here. The Father says this is not about you or man. This is about you and me. For I have given you a place. I made a place for you. No man made a place for you here. I made a place for you. And it is your great inheritance to know the ways of the Father. And you've known pain, but you're here to know process. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But the Lord says, hope, son, hope will be your anthem. For this place not only needs you, but they need your voice. For I have destined this house to be a house of hope for the lost and the broken. There will be many youth that will enter these doors who need hope. The battle over your life right now is hope. He's taking you through the process so that you can one day take others through the process. God, I just pray for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. I command every lying, deceiving spirit, any devil power to be broken off of Nick now in Jesus' name. You are a forerunner. You are a firebrand. No one else believes in you. I believe in you. It's all that's going to matter. In the days ahead, you will know that you've had a breakthrough when my voice as Father is not only the loudest, but the most assuring in your life.
Do not buck the process. Do not resist it. Beware of others who are frustrated with the process. They will try to thwart your destiny. Lord says, in this season, less brothers, more fathers. Less brothers, more fathers. In Jesus' name. I believe that's some word of wisdom. Some, some seasons, thank God for brothers. But oftentimes you're able to find mutual camaraderie in a season where you begin to mimic some things going on in you that a father could speak from a different elevated place. Enrico, would you stand? say, God bless you. If you have to go, you can go. I don't want to hold anybody. Let's point our hands at... God says the ship... No, the rocket is about to take off. Fire up the engines. For there's been an unsettling. There's been a weariness. Even in some of the things, you've been in a transition the last nine months to a year. Now, I'm not prophetically speaking because I know that personally. And I don't want to lead anybody astray. But you've been in a season of a nine to twelve month transition but I see a rocket that's about to take off. And the Lord says, I'm unsettling and I'm some settling some things so that you can travel. For the Lord says that you've been faithful in a local field. But I will open up an international field. For even now my power will touch your body. It will strengthen your feeble knees. I command resurrection power in Jesus' name to touch you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Fire of God, we ask that you would come and strengthen your servant. The Lord says, I will not raise you up like a strong and boastful man who will boast in the strength and even how well you're doing. But God says, I will raise you up so that I might use you to humble young men. There's a mark of brokenness upon you. There's a mark of humility upon you. There it is right now. I don't know who this, this guy is. But the Lord says, even right now, there's something prophetic going on. The Lord's going to give you sons. I see international travel. I see sons. I see less local. The Lord says, beware. You think you're giving up an Isaac, and you're not. You think you're being unfaithful if you let Lakeland go. And the Lord says, son, I have bigger plans for you. 
I've entrusted you with little and you've done well. And now in these years in your life, I will give you much. You will be fully funded. Something even from a youth. I break every poverty spirit that would try to come upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. Even in your bloodline, I curse poverty right now in Jesus' name. Financial provision. Where there's a vision, there will be provision. I hear God saying to some young men in here, it's more than you're ready to preach. What's your vision? What's your vision? There's an anointing in this place. Must have been cooking it the last couple weeks. Let's just put our hands to the Lord just one more time. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for promises in the process. Lord, raise up a people, God, who would see sustained, fulfilled destiny. God, raise up fathers in this house that would love and instruct the sons. Lord, let there be a healthy iron sharpens iron. I don't know. I'm prophesying. I see lots of sons and fathers gatherings in this house. I just I see it opening up in the spirit. There's something in this coming season, fathers and sons, father. I just hear an axe grinding, blades sharpening, marriages being saved, issues being dealt with. feel one more thing some of us are called to speak into someone else's season but you've got to get your heart right first some of us are incapable of being used as an instrument to bless others because you still have a problem in your heart that you've not let God deal with I can't speak blessing into someone's life if I haven't forgiven them. I can't be used as a prophetic voice over a church or a nation or a people if there's something in here, bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and rage. I can't be a conduit of the pure word of the Lord if I haven't asked God, come and flush that out. So, Father, in Jesus' name, come and flush out all the impurities. I hear God saying to some, be careful of taking on the offense of another. God, even in the marriage dynamic, God, it's so easy to take on an offense of your spouse. God, I just ask that you would flush the impurities, that you would, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now I'm just hearing just the sound of rain. 
rain is going to fall in this place and in this house in the days and the years ahead. Father, we thank you. I even just fear the Lord saying some of you that are coming in and out of these meetings, extended meetings, the Lord is saying, I'm trying to show you what you could have on a daily basis if you just give yourself to clean hands and a pure heart. I'm trying to show you, I'm trying to show America what you could possess and inherit on a daily basis if you could just have clean hands and a pure heart. Lord, let the river flow. When the river flows, just don't say no. God bless you, love you all. Thank you for coming. We will see you Wednesday night if you can come. We'd love to have you Wednesday to Saturday nights. And um, or next Sunday here at the fellowship. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday.